Welcome to the Top 5, where I discuss my top 5 takeaways from this week's NASCAR race. This week we're discussing Auto Club Speedway. Hello, thanks for tuning in. My name is Connor, and as mentioned, these are my top 5 takeaways from the race at Auto Club Speedway. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. Number one. My first takeaway involves mostly pre-race. What is the point of a 15-minute practice? I don't get it. It's not even enough time for drivers to wear out an entire set of tires. They said they had 12 sets of tires for the race, plus the set that they had used at practice and qualifying. I can't imagine it's enough time for a, a team to really get a lot of information about the car. And... As short as it was, there were a whole bunch of spins. I don't know if it's because of the track surface being in really, really bad shape, or if it's the new car. I don't know, but it was very odd. But that said, with Auto Club not having a race last year, I wonder if that's the reason why there was such a big crowd size. I expected it to be like the previous handful of Auto Club races, where it was almost nobody there and while it wasn't a sellout it was packed other than the uh, bookends of the grandstand it looked pretty full i was very impressed a lot of star power they had the super bowl champs in the house danny trejo as the uh, flag waver which was pretty cool uh, i think that would be awesome to be up there at the beginning of the race and i thought it was pretty cool how Danny Trejo took advantage of it and stayed up there for a handful of laps. I know if you ever let me drop the green flag, which would never happen, but if I did, I would literally stand on that flag stand until they had to pull me off of it. And also, the national anthem was awesome. I love when they do unique things, like using an electric guitar to do the anthem instead of just your standard singer. So pre-race was pretty cool. It... It was uh, crazy at the beginning of the race, which leads me into my next point. Number two. My second point focuses on the start of the race and the early to mid portion, say stages one and two. To start the race, a lot of big name drivers had to start in the back due to making changes or having spun in qualifying. Harvick, Elliott, Kozlowski, Logano, Larson, uh, and a few others had to start from the rear. Which blows me away to see how quickly some of those guys can get to the front. I think Larson made up 16 spots in 10 laps. I know Logano made it into the top 10 before halfway through stage 1. It's crazy to me and it shows the big disparity between the talented drivers and the up-and-coming or less talented drivers to those who dislike NASCAR and say it's just driving in a circle. I'd like them to see the difference between guys who really know how to handle a car and drive a good race versus uh, just driving in a circle. Uh, Early in the race on lap 15, Kyle Busch spun which 
is always a great way to start a race. It's the second week in a row. And I got to tell you, it's got to be the best start to a season that I've ever seen to have Kyle Busch continuously either out or in the back. Lap 37, he was overheating, which turned into a uh, later in the race an issue for uh, for his team. Uh, lap 35, Chase Elliott hit the wall. Not hard, but it does tell you how... Uh, how durable these cars are. I still don't get why they can't have a backup car, but to NASCAR's credit, this new car, which is going to be a theme all season, it's going to be a storyline in pretty much every single race moving forward, how durable and uh, different this car is. But Elliot hit the wall on 35, and there were a few other tire issues which this is the second race in a row where tires seem to be an issue. I don't know if it's because these tires have a lower sidewall than the previous tires, if it's the the style or design of the car, uh, the new car, or if maybe the drivers just don't know how to use these cars yet. But it seems that these first two races... While both on larger tracks, so who knows on different style tracks moving forward, but on these first two races, tires have really been the story. So let's get into the mid to late part of the race. Number three. I believe between section two and three, to start my main point, Matt Kenseth, who was in the booth, and I thought did a great job. I I enjoyed Matt. He had very insightful input and didn't seem to step on uh, the other commentators. Uh, and he didn't speak a lot. So when he did, it, it impacted what, what he said added value. Uh, but Kenseth interviewed Logano, which I thought was pretty funny. Of course, the history between the two of them. Uh, I don't think that they send each other Christmas cards, but they both kind of acknowledged it and, uh, and went on uh also mark martin was a good a good addition i don't know if i would like him in in the booth permanently or, or even for a whole race but just seeing mark martin again was pretty cool and i like what mark martin said he said we are seeing nascar on an upward swing and that's something i agree with this is old school nascar racing there's bumping and grinding and guys not getting along this is the type of racing that I grew up watching where one car can dominate a race, but a race is still fun to watch. I think in the previous generation car, a couple of two, three years ago, there would be one car that could dominate and it just ruined the race. For example, the Coca-Cola 600 where Martin Truex Jr. led pretty much every single lap. It was a snooze fest. While Austin Sendrick Uh, did have a great race and led most of stage one and two. There was still good racing throughout the pack, and it made it fun to watch. More thoughts on the new car uh, is how awesome they sound. I don't know what the difference is. I'm not a mechanically or technically uh, well-versed person when it comes to these cars, but I can tell you is... When they do crank it up on Fox, that used to be my cue to go and grab a snack or 
another beer. Now I'm like stoked for cranking up. It sounds amazing. There were a handful of uh, cautions. There were a lot of cautions. Lap 91, Christopher Bell was having a good day, 13th place. Uh, Spun out. Brad Kozlowski was the other one that I wanted to hit on. It's the second week in a row. I think that Brad has, uh, I think that Brad has something to prove. Being the owner, he had a great season last year, and he's always been a, a good competitive driver. He's always been very aggressive, but it's almost like he's pushing it this year. I think that he he really feels like he needs to prove maybe to himself or to others that he did the right thing by going to Roush Fenway or now Keselowski Fenway, Roush or whatever the heck their team is called. Uh, also, Tyler Reddick blew a tire collecting William Byron. That was a bummer to see. William Byron has had a tough start to the season. Uh, and Ross, Ross Chastain spun with 30 to go, which set up the big restart and brings me to point number four. Number four. My fourth point is, you know, the battle of the teammates. Larson won the race. Good for him. He seems to do that a lot. But that uh, that's not the story of the race, and that's not what anybody's talking about. Larson versus Elliott is the big takeaway from this race. And being teammates, of course, makes that all much more heated than if they were just random competitors. And I get it. End of the race, you go for it. You're trying and battle your teammate like it's any other competitor. But what Larson did was dirty. He was wrong. He said uh, at the end of the race, or no, I'm sorry, he said on his radio he didn't know that Larson was there, or that Elliot was there. Larson claimed he didn't know that Elliot was there. That's trash. That's trash at this level. I'm not an uh, Elliot apologist. I know he's the most popular driver, and I don't dislike the guy. I think he's great. I'm just not a huge fan of his. But Larson's 100% in the wrong here. And to hear his spotter, Larson's spotter, come out after the race and take the blame is so weak and pathetic. It, it drives me crazy to see a, uh, a fall guy, a, a very clear and obvious fall guy. That's bullshit. Larson made a mistake. And Larson needs to own it. And maybe he has. It's Thursday. The race happens Sunday. I haven't been as tuned in as I typically am. But the day after the race, the Larson spotter took the blame. And I I thought that was shameful at how badly of a fall guy that was. Also, if you haven't heard it, listen to Chase uh, Elliott's radio when it happened. I'm sure that it made radioactive, although I'm sure it had to be blurred out quite uh, badly because he he used a lot of words. It was funny, but one thing jumped out at me when his frustration was over. Elliot said something to the effect of "What's what else is to be expected?" And I've heard that multiple every time. Every anyone has a. a incident with Larson they say the same thing 
everyone respects Larson, and you can't not respect him as a driver. He is one hell of a driver. But I think his his attitude on the racetrack of it's my track and you're in my way is growing old. And I think it may have gotten worse now that he's a champion. A championship that he earned and deserved and more power to him. But I think that he's going to end up digging too many holes with too many drivers and it's going to bite him in the ass in the end. And I'm sure... There were tons of backroom meetings and discussions and private messages. And the whole incident will be taken care of behind closed doors in the Hendrick uh, in the Hendrick boardroom. But I assure you it will not be forgotten. This might be the second race of the year. But guys like Elliott and Larson will be there at the end of the year. And I don't see Chase Elliott forgetting this anytime soon. Before we get to the last point, let's check in with Mackenzie. Here's what's trending in NASCAR with Mackenzie. Welcome to Trending with Mackenzie, but it's also just fun facts and cool things to learn. Today I'm going to be trying something new. I'm going to ask you three questions, but not say the answers. Then in the next podcast, I'm going to tell you the answers. Here are the three questions. One, who is the youngest NASCAR driver today? Two, what does the NASCAR logo mean? And three, what are the colors of the NASCAR logo? Try to answer these without looking it up. All right, and here is four fun facts today. It takes three seconds for NASCAR NASCARs to go from zero to 60 mph. Okay, so that's why they're not allowed to go on the real road. The cost of one NASCAR tire is $400, and the NASCAR teams don't even have to buy their own tires. Lucky. Another fun fact is a gallon of NASCAR gas is $7.80. Our last fun fact for today is you have to pay 5 to $35 million to sponsor a NASCAR race. Wow, you must have to be rich if you want to sponsor a NASCAR race. Okay, well that's it for today. Bye. Great job, Mackenzie. Now let's get on to the last point. Number five. Fifth and final takeaway is looking forward. And I intend this to be a theme moving forward in the podcast. So next race this Sunday is at Las Vegas. And in my opinion, Las Vegas is the best of the 1.5 mile tracks. It is a cookie cutter like all the other 1.5 miles but it's the fastest it's the steepest banked it's the most exciting racing and i'm not sure when it was last resurfaced but it looks brand spanking new probably because there isn't you know bad weather bad temperatures in, in vegas so it doesn't take a pounding like northern tracks do or eastern tracks do but it's always exciting i've never been to vegas I've been to the city of Vegas, and I've even been to the city of Vegas on a race weekend. But I didn't, I wasn't able to attend the race. And it is such a cool atmosphere. Vegas is such a fun city. And then you pile in a bunch of NASCAR fans that are there to have a good time and watch a race. It's like a whole weekend tailgate. It is one of the funnest places to be, and I'm sure it will be a great race. So I will look forward to discussing that race next week. Uh, 
Thank you for listening. I hope progressively this podcast gets better and better over time. If you have any thoughts that you want to share, if you disagree, agree, reach out to me. Connor Bruin, that's C-O-N-O-R, B as in boy, R-U-E-N, at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. I'll respond. We can have a great conversation. Thanks for listening. This has been my top five.